0: Hello and welcome to the Canopy Boulder Cannabis Business Podcast, where we talk about the intersection of entrepreneurship and investing in the legal cannabis industry. Each week we'll give you our perspective on the latest news in the industry, bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs, investors, and industry pros, and also go deeper on topics like launching a business, building a team, pitching investors, and setting a fair valuation. Now, why would we take on such a challenge? Well, since we launched our cannabis-focused business accelerator and venture fund in 2013, we've made over 110 investments into 90 companies in the legal cannabis industry. And we want to share our experiences and learnings with you. So join us every week as we take a deeper look into the legal cannabis industry and uncover the nuances and subtlety of starting up and investing in cannabis.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Canopy Boulder Cannabis Business Podcast. Uh, This week we're going to talk a little bit about sustainability and waste in this industry, which is a big problem. It's a topic I think that comes up a lot. Um, You know, I think cannabis as a whole offers this very exciting new industry um, that has a lot of opportunities to kind of shape business. Um, and and innovate into sort of other industries as well. And so I think thinking about waste um, and how we're looking at that in this new industry and sort of setting that up as this industry grows is very important. Um, So there's quite a few topics, I think, around sustainability and cannabis. And we will sort of, over time, we'll get into more of these topics today. We're really gonna be focused on waste, uh, consumer waste, within the industry. So um, today to talk about waste and sustainability in this space, we have sauna packaging. Um, So Ron uh, and James, they're here. Can you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves and sauna? Um, That'd be great.
2: Hi, James here. Um, Ron and I started sauna packaging uh, back in the fall of 2016 uh, when we were graduate students at the University of Colorado in Boulder. And uh, our initial point of frustration as cannabis consumers was that, you know, we were uh, frustrated with, you know, the amount of packaging, uh, the waste that we were seeing specifically made out of low quality plastics, oftentimes from overseas. And we decided to explore sustainable alternatives as part of a class project. And uh, through that class project, we got to know the folks over at Canopy Boulder, um, which is how we eventually ended up uh, applying to the Canopy Boulder Accelerator. And then we were part of uh, Canopy's Spring 2017 cohort. And uh, we've been working on SANA packaging full-time ever since. And a quick overview, we released our first uh, line of products in the summer of 2018, which was a 100% plant-based hemp plastic line. And then just last month, at the end of February 2019, we started shipping out our second product line, which is made from 100% reclaimed ocean plastic. And we're doing that in partnership with OceanWorks, which is a company based in Los Angeles. And I think that's the quick and dirty of it. Yeah, I think so.
1: Cool. Um, awesome. So, you know, anyone I think who's consumed cannabis knows you go and you get your little plastic container and you take it home and then you go back and you get a different one. Um, and I've heard this come up multiple times with people who use it heavily um, and not even maybe heavily just people who use in general. At some point, you, you just sort of don't know what to do with all this leftover plastic. Um, so can you guys talk to us a little bit about like how big is this problem? What, what are the issues kind of around this? What, what are we talking about when we're talking about waste uh, in the space?
3: Yeah, um, man, how big is the problem? I think it is, uh, you know, it's not just the cannabis industry, right? like it's, it's all single use plastic. It's a, it's a thing that we as a society have, You know, we just can't keep going down that path. Um, and then, you know, you take that and look at the cannabis industry and you say, wow, here's a whole whole new space uh, um that requires a lot of single use packaging um what do you what do you do there uh, you know as far as pinning down we don't really pin down a specific number and say you know here here's a uh, 10 billion units of, of packaging waste or whatever it may be mm-hmm. but really let's just look at the liquor industry and see how much single use plastic packaging waste is created there um and then i think that allows you to look you know and say hey what is going to happen in the cannabis space um, what is that going to look like in in three years five years ten years um, and how do we create an industry that doesn't look like the electric industry in terms of single-use uh, waste and with that in mind i think one
2: of the intriguing parts of the cannabis industry is it's a young industry and as an industry we're still in the process of developing what are our sustainable best practices and I think we have a, an incredibly unique opportunity right now, at this very moment in time, to begin implementing some sustainable changes, whether it's on the cultivation side or the packaging side or what have you. Um, we have the opportunity to implement some sustainable best practices now, so that you know, ten years down the road, when it's a truly you know global industry. Uh, we, we haven't gotten off on the wrong foot. And I think we still have an opportunity to change the direction the industry is going before we become just like the liquor industry or just like every other packaging intensive industry.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Are there, you know, and maybe I mean, this is a silly question, but are there regulations at all now around um, packaging, waste, uh, any kind of sustainability, anything within the, within the cannabis industry
3: uh not, not that we've really you know really seen as far as you know requirements around what type of packaging mm-hmm. can be used it's pretty you know most of the regulations are very much uh centered around um making sure that the product's safe and keeping it out of the hands that people believe you know it should be in so um i think that's kind of the next step in the evolution is saying hey we've created all these reg- regulations around packaging but look how difficult it is to then create sustainable packaging and so um, it's about finding that balance between between the two um, and working towards that for instance
2: you know things like child resistant certification which is uh something that that's a regulatory requirement that you can count on in pretty much every medical and or recreational cannabis market around the globe is some form of, of child resistance regulation and even, you know, it's a simple notion. Yes, we want to keep, you know, a potentially hazardous product out of the hand of children. Um, But what does that mean for sustainability? You know, it's incredibly difficult to use sustainable materials within uh, those very specific confines and stuff like that. So I think the industry is also reaching a unique place where, you know, now that in the United States, at least we've had recreational markets for, you know, five or six years uh in certain states and i think we're reaching a time where it's logical for the industry to look back at at where we are and where we've come from and sort of reassess uh you know what regulations make sense and how can we make it easier to use sustainable materials
1: sure um you know i I feel like it's interesting i think about the cannabis industry is like at least in colorado it's kind of almost like a teenager these days right Um, and I think we haven't that I haven't seen sustainability be prioritized in this space as much um, as maybe I thought. and I'm wondering if you guys have thoughts on sort of why that is
2: definitely. I think it, you know at the very beginning, um, you know we've watched you know a number of states go legal now, and every state seems to go through a similar. Trajectory in terms of building regulations from the ground up, not being mm-hmm. exactly sure what those regulations should be or need to be, and what what this causes on you know on the business side for for cultivators or brands or dispensaries and whatnot is during the first few years of you know everyone's legal market uh, in their respective states, everyone everyone's main concern is just meeting regulations and staying on top of regulations so that they don't get shut down. And everyone is really just, that's their main focus. Am I compliant? Is my business compliant? Am I doing everything right? And when the regulations around Uh, packaging specifically are things such as it needs to be opaque. It needs to be child resistant. Um, You know, people aren't really thinking about sustainability because they have a million other things on their mind and they're looking for what is compliant and what meets regulation. And, and I think that's why for, you know, the first few years um, people hadn't really focused on you know sustainability, at least in the packaging space. And now that the dust has kind of settled, I think people are beginning to go back and, and look and start to reassess some of these things now that they're on top of regulations and running a compliant business. Um, you know, it's
3: not so much of a scramble anymore. I I also think, too, that there's uh, a a huge, uh, you know, kind of underlying trend going on, and that's just the world of plastics is going through a massive upheaval. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that many people have seen in the news that, uh, you know, much of Asia is no longer taking our recycled plastics, so then that has kind of collapsed the recycled plastic industry here, and, you know, and the bigger picture is just that this is an issue, uh, plastics that we as humans have to, have to figure out and so the cannabis industry you know we're starting to see you know it's just another space where there's plastic and so um as that continues to go on what are we going to do um you know we'll, we'll start to see i think sustainability becoming more and more of an impact and i think you know everyone out there is starting to see sustainability play a role in their life in one way or another because it's what we have to do. We don't really have a choice anymore. And then I think another interesting thing too, just, you know, looking back
2: again, specifically at the cannabis industry and sustainability in general in the industry is uh, several years ago, we saw um, a large focus on sustainability starting to be put into the cultivation side of the industry. Um, you know in the absence of the FDA and and things like that you know uh, cannabis farms and grows can't be certified organic so in the absence of of those uh, certifications a number of really cool um, third-party certification agencies have come online whether it's certified kind or DEM pure Mm -hmm. things like that so you know i think the the ripple of sustainability in the industry started on the cultivation side of things where you know places like um denver and colorado were like oh wow look one percent of our energy is being used on cultivation um how can we mitigate that and so i think it started there and we've seen a lot of really great progress on the cultivation side and i think it's starting to ripple into the rest of the industry and and really just in the last year i would say have we seen people really start to examine packaging uh, along with things like cultivation practices.
1: Sure. Now, I I guess to clarify, when you say people, is this trend, do you think being driven by consumers? Is it being driven by businesses? Is it being driven by, you know, regulations um, governing bodies? Like where do you see this kind of push coming from?
3: I think it's a, you know, almost like a multi-pronged approach right Mm -hmm. now coming from a lot of angles consumers are are demanding it we see business owners wanting to do something different you know brands needing to differentiate themselves and you know put put their uh, money where their mouth is essentially as far as their sustainability practices um and then yeah you know the overall just kind of uh climate around sustainability in society sure. um you know i don't well, you know, we're out here in Telluride right now. The town of Telluride is looking at, uh, at, at banning single-use plastics. So, you know, the regulatory um, landscape for, for single-use plastics is starting to change too. And so, those, all those, all those things are, uh, you know, make it so we have to find solutions.
2: Yeah, and then you know, looking a little more at those macro trends uh, outside of the cannabis industry, I, there's a very definite global shift, and I think you can trace back to you know a a few key things that have happened whether it's plastic straw bands taking off and and you know the impact there is really that you know the plastic straws account for you know a fraction of a percent of ocean plastic but some you know something like that has gotten millions and millions of people worldwide to just think a little differently about plastic. And then other things like National Geographic's planet or plastic campaign. And then I think another cool thing you can do is also trace a lot of this, you know, in, in this viral digital world that we live in, you can trace a lot of this stuff back to a few key images that have been uh, released, whether it's whether it's the turtle with a straw stuck in its nose, or whether it's the seagull that's been dissected with all the plastic, Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: whether it's the seahorse, you know, that's like got a Q-tip stuck on it, things like that. Um, You know, there's like five or six key images that I think are burned into our collective consciousness that have really woken us up to some of these issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's let's jump from that's kind of the problem. That's where we are right now. Let's talk about solutions. So, um, you know, I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but currently packaging in the cannabis industry is just sort of your typical plastic. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's just plastic in general. I think the like mm. the big thing that we're looking at right now is the, the industry as a whole recycling plastics. It's a broken system, you know, mm-hmm. just not working. Um, so, with that being the case, yes, we have recyclable plastics, but if they're not going to get recycled and they're going to go to landfill, well, that's a problem. And if they're made from, you know, petroleum-based uh, uh, resources, that's a problem. You know, these are things that we are we don't have. They're not infinite sources, and so you know, just from a basic gut instinct, it's like, what what is the game plan here? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many complex issues. For example, you know, the fact that a lot of the plastic in the industry is black, black as a recycled plastic has a lower value than white. Um, because if a company is going to purchase it, they want to, they want to start with a, you know, a color that they can then color themselves or, you know, black is just hard to change. Right. Um, and so, you know, those, those types of things and bringing awareness to like well, you know, the opacity and things like a clear plastic is the highest value plastic out there. So, you know, the regulatory standpoint of saying it has to be opaque means that a lot of people are using black packaging. That's mm. just silly. You know, like we're putting this product in our body. Um, is alcohol put in black packaging? No, you can see exactly what you're purchasing. Um, and I don't think, you know, keeping it, just not showing the product is, is doing anyone justice. You know, it's like, I think from a very, uh, you know, when, when you're a kid, if you can't if your parents are hiding things from you and not being straightforward about what it is it's much worse than you know showing you having you understand what the pro, what it is and you know making awareness to where it's not like you know some boogeyman hiding in a closet um yeah. that's gonna destroy you um and that's just not the reality and i think that kind of you know transcends into the idea of you know not showing children what's actually there this is a product that parents are using and uh, you know everyone out there is using so it's like let's be realistic about it and uh,
2: another thing you know along with uh, a lot of people using uh, darker colored plastics that are (laughs) opaque is uh, a lot of the plastic most of the plastic being used currently for cannabis packaging is uh, polypropylene which is you know a plastic number five and you know, doesn't have as much value on the secondary market as you know, plastics number one and number two, which are you oh. know, PET and HDPE. Uh, so even just the, the type, you know, color aside, um, even just the type of plastic being used is not the easiest to recycle, doesn't have the most value on the secondary market, and really doesn't give anyone any incentive to, to do something with it besides send it to a landfill.
1: Sure. Um, okay, so let's talk about what else, What our other options are. So you guys, I think you know, you started out with plant-based plastic. Um, now you have this new line of sort of reclaimed ocean plastic. Talk us through kind of what are the solutions out there for kind of comb- combating this traditional single-use plastic.
3: Yeah, you know, I think that our our product line kind of represents the the vision that we see. Um, for packaging. Uh, We have a plant-based, a a product line that's 100% plant-based. Moving forward in in the future, we believe that single-use packaging needs to be made of stuff that we can grow and then put back into the earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But currently, we also have this massive problem with the plastic that exists already. um, And there's a lot of that. So, you know, should we be making new plastic when we already have plastic available to use, probably probably not, you know, you should figure out ways to be as resourceful as possible um, to get that plastic back into usable forms. And so those are kind of what we, you know, we're, as a company, our mission is we don't want to contribute to the single use petroleum plastic issue. Um, and so that means that th- those two product lines, you know, represent that. And then obviously moving forward, there's there's plenty of options um, as well, as long as there's just uh, a willingness to deal with obviously the the price and then, you know, when a new product comes out new, new material and stuff, it doesn't always, you know, it's not as easy as just, Oh, this is, it's not apples to apples, right? Like, you know, for hemp products, you know, we, it's only offered in Brown currently. So, you know, brands might have to say, is it more important for our brand image to show that we're sustainable or is it more important for our our brand image, you know, the color blue or something, you know, and those are kind of those decisions that, um, you know, we we understand, right, the importance of a brand and um, all those things. And so those are where where we wanna come in and start bringing these solutions and just kind of showing that there is something out there, this is why it's out there. Um, And then, you know, obviously looking forward, there's a lot more we can do.
1: Cool. Um, So, you know, with the farm bill passing, um, everyone's obviously very excited about hemp and CBD. can you, you know, I know that hemp, you know, plastic is something that you guys have included um, in in your plant-based plastic. Can you talk to us a little bit about hemp and its uses, um, its sort of durability and how how we could use it going forward in a, in a world where now we can grow hemp legally?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, the big excitement here and what we're trying to, to show is that there's this new agricultural crop and so many different parts of that crop can be used, and I think the big thing that we've kind of moved away from in our, uh, you know, hyper-commercialized state that we're in right now is you know using every bit of material out there and finding value in it. Um, and I think that's the, the cool thing um, about hemp, but really why it offers such a great um, opportunity for impact in the world of sustainability. Um, and our our reason for focusing on it is really comes from an understanding of why and how do we get biomass as a usable um, feedstock for uh, plastics um, and other usable forms. And it really comes down to transportation costs, processing, and is there enough of this material available um, to really scale. Um, And so all those things with this hemp bill really kind of create a interesting opportunity where one we have a bunch of hemp and cannabis companies who you know potentially would want to align themselves and use uh you know use that material for their packaging um but really we're going to have a lot of this byproduct material whether it be the herd which we use for our um, biocomposite um you know there's just other there's all the parts of the plant if you're making clothing you can you know the long fibers that one would need and so as we start to understand and basically spec out um you know make spec out of the different parts of the plant we can um i think we'll start to see more and more options for hemp you know it's uh with with any agricultural crop um there's a you know we're talking about biomass there's there's substitutes out there and so it really comes down to what is the real value of this material is it and then obviously you know can it have uh, environmental impacts as well. And I think that's where a lot of the excitement lies is you know we in the United States have fallen into a uh, you know a mono cult, a mono uh, crop culture, and you know this now presents an opportunity to move away from that and see if we can bring some other um, feedstocks into the into the equation.
2: Yeah, and you know to touch a little more specifically on the sustainability of hemp uh, as a crop specifically compared to other things. Uh, you know, it uses a fraction of the water as you know cotton and corn. It has a faster growth cycle. Uh, it uses less uh, water and pesticides. Uh, it also presents a superior carbon sequestration pot- potential. So, for instance, you know, one metric ton of hemp sequesters 1.5 metric tons of carbon. Uh, hemp is also an ideal rotational crop because it remediates the soil that it's grown in. So, you know, from, from purely an agricultural perspective, there's all these uh, environmental benefits to growing hemp. And then beyond that, we're also able to make all these incredible products out of it. So, you know, ideally it should be a win-win for both, you know, the, the world of commerce in business and for the environment and i think that's where a lot of the excitement for hemp stems from and you know we just saw an opportunity for hemp to be used as a packaging material and most uh bioplastics on the market today especially in the united states are uh, made from corn and you know we are our material is a fiber reinforced biocomposite we also use corn um our Our formulation is 70% corn and 30% hemp, but we would like to see more hemp and less corn ultimately uh, just because it's better for the environment. And then from a materials perspective, it's a pretty nascent technology. So I think there's still lots of R&D to be done with hemp as a packaging material. Um, So we don't have all the answers yet in terms of is it, does it, is it the best material for a bioplastic? I don't know, but I think it's worth figuring out because from a, from a purely sustainability perspective, it's certainly a better crop to grow than corn. Um, So that's, you know, more than enough reason, I think, to, you know, dive as deep as possible down, you know, the rabbit hole of figuring out what are all the things we can use this crop for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so... I think, you know, you've sort of, we've, we've already talked about what are the benefits of um, kind of looking into sustainability from an investor standpoint, right? We've got investors who listen to this podcast and they're interested in maybe getting into the space. What, you know, are there opportunities around sustainability for investors in cannabis? Um, And maybe what are some of the areas that are worth paying attention to?
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we're, uh, at the point where we are and, you know, the businesses need to be sustainable to operate, right? Like they need to have business practices that allow them and help them preserve the environment in which they're selling their products. And so I think, you know, that kind of just, you know, transcends into all, all aspects of, of, of business. Um, and then specifically around, you know, what what is going to be happening in the cannabis space? I think there's always going to be um, consumers out there who, Are looking for a high quality product Um, and high quality product largely means uh, also means that the practices in which it was growing uh, are sustainable Um, and so I think there's those companies out there who are creating um, a, a, uh, a, a new marketplace by any means but you know kind of separating the marketplace and saying you know this is why this plant Uh, is growing this way. Um, And I think, you know, as any market develops, we're going to see, you know, if you just look at the the liquor industry, there's, you know, parallels there to where there's craft and um, there's brands that hang their hat on their sustainable practices there. Um, And from, you know, from an investor standpoint for us, yeah, I think we as a, as a packaging company and really focused on bringing solutions to this industry, have a great Opportunity because they're just really we're at such an early stage in what things will look like down the road that there's uh, uh, an amazing yeah opportunity there to continue to do what we're doing um, and bring solutions to this industry.
1: Cool, um, cool. So let's you know we're kind of getting to the end of the time, but. Tell us a little bit about um, kind of how how can our listeners get involved, how can they learn more about Sauna, um, you know, where can they find your products?
2: Well, uh, I think, you know, the best place to learn about us is through our website and social media channels. So, you know, saunapackaging.com and then at Sauna Packaging. And then um, we we're currently working with about uh, 50 customers in 13 to 15 states, um, as well as uh, British Columbia. And uh, you know, it's depending on where you are, you you might find our products uh, being used by a dispensary. Or by a brand specific, you know, by a specific brand. So, you know, we're uh, we're just getting to the point where we're starting to see our, our products out there in the market, and that's really exciting for us. Um, you know, we're just starting to see our customers, um, you know, post social media posts where they're using our packaging as a selling point, which I think is really exciting because it shows that, you know, not not only are We providing them with a sustainable alternative to the packaging that they were using previously, but we're also providing them with, with a point of differentiation and a reason to buy that product, you know, um, you know, let's take a pre-roll company, for instance, you know, they're marketing, you know, their pre-rolls as, you know, using top shelf flour, um, and as being sustainably packaged, so that I think has has been really cool for us to see that you know begin to come to fruition, which is um, people are excited about what we're doing, and hopefully you'll just start seeing our products more and more out there in the market.
1: Yeah. And so the most recent launch, right, was this reclaimed ocean plastic. Tell us, can you just talk a little bit about that?
2: Absolutely. Um, So we launched this product line in partnership with OceanWorks uh, and the Oceans Made Marketplace. They're a company based out of Los Angeles. Um, They have the long-term goal of creating a plastic-free ocean um, and to, you know, Uh, accelerate the removal of plastic from the ocean. And uh, what's really cool about the marketplace is it provides companies such as ourselves with verifiable sources of ocean plastic. And what that means is that not only are they collecting plastic from the ocean and and turning it into a usable material, but they're sorting these plastics. Um, So for instance, what we're using is 100, even though it's reclaimed ocean plastic, it's 100% HDPE, which is a plastic number two. It's very easy to recycle. So basically, our goal here is to take plastic out of the ocean and put it into the proper recycling stream. And with our first run of these products alone, our customers have helped us remove four tons of ocean plastic um, from the ocean. So that's, you know, 8,000 pounds. And that's just our first run. So it's really exciting to think about, you know, two, three, four, five years down the road, how much plastic will our customers help us take out of the ocean? And not just our customers, but, you know, everyone, the customers of every company out there that is partnering with, you know, companies like OceanWorks. Um, It's a very cool way to, you know, create a direct impact and hopefully get these materials back into the proper waste stream
1: awesome cool well um i think that's kind of it thank you guys so much for joining us and talking a little bit about this problem it's it's awesome to um have people kind of thinking through how the cannabis industry can not only grow but sort of surpass traditional industry and set set a standard so it's exciting um yeah so thank you
2: yeah thank you Celia
1: course um and for everybody else uh thanks so much for joining us as always uh if you liked what you heard make sure you leave us a review and a rating it helps us get our content out to everybody else um and we hope to see you next time thanks again
0: now for the disclaimers please do not take any information from the Canopy Boulder podcast or its guests as investment advice. Be sure to contact your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. So thank you for listening and please join us for another Canopy Boulder podcast episode coming to you soon.